Good morning. It is Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Today's talk shop is brought to you from the San Antonio Hotel in Cusco, Peru. And I can't wait to tell you about how I got here. But first, we are going to talk about A.B. today. I left you hanging at Liambamba last week, and I definitely got the message. You guys wanted to hear the rest of the story. Uh, but this is this is only part of it. This or this is, you know, this is how I got from the high mountains down to the coast. And uh it was it was it's pretty fucking spectacular. So let's get into it. That was Thou Shall Not Hassle. Thanks to Zach over at Heavy Clothing. Check out Heavy Clothing at BigCartel.com, dude. And maybe you'll find them at Born Free coming up at the Yellow Rose Canyon, October 22nd. In, uh, what is it, Henderson? It's right outside of Henderson, Texas. I cannot wait to see everybody there. That is going to be a fucking party. Born Free's coming to Texas. It's going to be a ride-in bike show. They're going to be giving out awards for all sorts of shit. There's going to be live music from Mothership. Lulu's going to sing. Before you come out to East Texas, though, if you are in Dallas, the Dallas area, Jace from the Fast Life Podcast is putting on a party Thursday night at Strokers Dallas. which will be a fucking sweet party. Friday night, there's a party in uh, Nacogdoches at Lugnuts uh, with live music. And then, uh, dude, Born Free on Saturday. And is it Saturday and Sunday? Fuck, I don't even know. Maybe it's just Saturday. But it's going to be a party, and I can't wait to see you there. Uh, This show is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your T-shirt of the month club, the only way to support every local motorcycle shop. It's a a beautiful fucking thing. The shirts actually went out last week, and uh, you're going to be fucking stoked if you're signed up and you're getting one of those shirts. If not, you need to go sign up now so you don't miss next month. Next month is a a little different than normal. You know, this is a motorcycle shop t-shirt company, right? Well, while I was traveling down south, I came across this fucking sweet surf shop, thanks to my friend Terry Chandler. And, you know, it's a surf shop. But every single fucking person there had a motorcycle that they rode to this shop and parked in the shop where they made the surfboard. So... This next month is it's Che Boards at a Tamarindo. And Che, Che, dude, what a fucking, I mean, he's just a fucking legend. Juan Diego's actually his name. <clears throat> Juan Diego. Um, and he's got, dude, what he's got a sick fucking little bike. All the shapers have got sick bikes. And I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm making an exception, dude. You guys all have motorcycles at this shop. You might be building surfboards instead of motorcycles, but that's good enough for me. So uh, Juan Diego is actually from Argentina, 
And I don't know if you remember it, I featured a shop from Argentina uh, a few years ago. And the artist that did that shop shirt, actually, <clears throat> I had to do this shop shirt. So since Juan Diego's from Argentina, I got an Argentinian fucking artist, and he killed it. This guy named Federico. <clears throat> and he built this, or he drew this chopper like riding a fucking wave. It's sick as fuck. So, but the only way you can get it is if you go to mcshoptees.com and sign up now, dude. The holidays are coming up, so you can also buy three, six, and 12-month subscriptions for a friend, a family member, or your your loved one, you know. Um, it's a beautiful thing, or you just go fucking sign up for yourself, man. And uh, we got kid sizes, women's sizes, and men's sizes, so... Anybody can, you can get anybody happy. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, but you have too many t-shirts already, go to DangerDansTalkShop.com and sign up for the Patreon, dude. Five bucks a month, dude, keeps this show on the road, you know, makes it so that I'm able to find Wi-Fi and put gas in the bike and fucking just keep traveling. So DangerDansTalkShop.com and I got a $100 gift card from Low Brock Customs, and uh, I give that to one lucky subscriber every single month. So what is today? I, we're getting close to doing one of those. So I also want to thank Knives Made by Nick and Motorcycle Sherpa. Go check them out. And if you need new chopper parts, make sure to check out lowbrowcustoms.com and... Uh, Let's get into this podcast about 8B. Now, I recorded this one in Lima at the last hotel I was at. And, uh, yeah, anyway, enjoy. All right. 8B, dude. So I left you off. I was uh, headed from leaving Jane, Peru, headed to ride 8B towards the direction of Selendin. Selendin was uh, going to be where I wanted to land. And it was pretty far down the road. It was, it was, that was like the map was saying it was going to take nine hours or some shit. Anyways, I take off. And the, the main road, I think it was 5N I was on, it was a pretty wide road. It ran next to a big river for a while. There was a bunch of, uh, I don't know if they were just working on the road in most of the spots, but there was a lot of uh, construction stoppages where, like, traffic would back up. They'd have the the traffic stop for, you know, 20 minutes at a time. And all the bikes would go to the front. They'd let all the bikes go first. But it wasn't like Columbia, where in Columbia, the bikes didn't stop for construction worker, a construction worker with a stop sign on the side of the road. They just didn't do it. But here, everybody stopped. So it took a little longer to get down to 8B than I thought it would, and I really wasn't sure what to expect with 8B, except for I'd been told by somebody, I still don't know who the fuck it was, that it was it was more gnarly than uh, the Devil's Trampoline, which was the road I did in Columbia. And 8B, oh, the, before, right before I got to 8B, one of the construction zones, they had to rework this pass that, like, bunch of fucking switchbacks that came down to this river where this river... I guess it come up at some point and just totally changed all the landscape around that area. And the road was, like, washed out. The fucking bridge was washed out down below. 
And there was a big stretch where they've cut in this gravel, you know, whole new section of road that was just gravel at this point. <coughs> and, you know, I got to ride with a bunch of bikers then. And there was a couple of groups that I saw that were, like, obviously on, like, a, you know, a group fun ride. Like, it wasn't just people going from A to B. Like, they were, they had, like, fucking biker gear on and, uh, you know, packs. It was cool. I almost took off with one group. When we got stuck at one spot, they showed up and just took some gravel road off to the side. And I was like, huh, maybe, man, you know. They're obviously out here riding for fun. It'd probably be cool to go see where they were going. I look back at the map. It, it was a dirt road that actually took you to some old archaeological site, you know, like some, who knows, like a bunch of rocks built into something from a long time ago. But I didn't. Kept going. And then when I turned on to 8B, it was down in this valley, this, like, river valley. And the road... This is the craziest fucking road I've ever seen. The first, the first section from, like, Pedro Rios Gallo to Limanbamba, okay? The road, it was a blacktop road with white stripes on either side. But the wideness of the road was not the same hardly ever. The whole time... It would go from like two lanes wide down to as small as golf cart wide and then back out. And it, the whole time it's just like zigzagging down this river, through this river bottom. And I was just thinking like there were so many turns where the road was just one lane wide. And, you know, there were signs that even said honk before you go around this turn. And the first like 20 miles there was a bunch of like weird like just potholes everywhere, like not consistent with anything, just random. Like maybe they just had some bad asphalt when they laid that section because <clears throat> just a bunch of fucked up holes. And uh, so you weren't, you couldn't get going real fast. But I'd say like one of the craziest parts about this road is like how quick you could, how all the traffic was just going really fast. Um, but there wasn't like cliffs on either side. I mean, there was a river on one side, but you were never like, hanging over the edge or anything. Uh, it was, and it was beautiful, too. Like, it was a real desert uh, climate. Uh, not like sand, like, not like uh, sand, but like, you know, dry West Texas climate. And then you get down this river bottom, and it's all fucking green and shit. And there's, like, canopies over the road. I mean, it was beautiful. And there wasn't hardly any traffic. Uh, I did have a couple, you know, instances where I would, get behind some cars and pass them when it was real tight where there was like only enough room for a vehicle and my bike and uh you know and I just kept thinking like this road I and what I'd been told like the road the gnarly part of the road I hadn't got to but I kept thinking like fuck what anybody says like this road is fucking dangerous because it's like it's easy to get going fucking quick and the road's not wide enough for the vehicles that are on it, you know? Like, if they, I mean, I was on a bike, and I had a couple close calls. If I was in a car, somebody would have gone way off the road. But unlike the devil's trampoline, you weren't going to, like, go off into a valley of death, you know? <laughs> like, you would simply just go off the road or run into the fucking embankment on the other side. 
and uh, you know, it zigzagged, came into like some cool old little villages with like everything's just built out of mud bricks and just real fucking primitive. I mean, it. I started feeling like I was in Peru. I was just like, wow. Or like a Peru that I imagined. Because up until this point, Peru is not like I imagined. Like there wasn't, I wasn't in the rainforest like I thought I was going to be. It was a very, very dry climate. And, uh, you know, it zigzag on and on and on. And, and it was just, it was fucking good. It was a great ride. A great, great, great ride. Um, but I needed gas, right? And I came into this fucking town that that fucking had a gas station, right? <laughs> Except for in and uh, you know, in in all these countries since I left America, they don't let you pump your own gas. There is a tenant out there pumping your gas at all the places. Uh I don't know that it's forbidden for you to pump your own gas, but there's just always somebody at the pump pumping your gas for you. Anyways, I get to this pump and uh and I'm probably, I mean, I'm a quarter, got a quarter tank. No, actually, the red, I had gotten to the red at this point. And I see this guy, you know, which, and it never really worried me because, you know, if there's a place that that I can get to without, you know, and needing gas, there's going to be somebody bootlegging gas. Like, that's just been pretty consistent. But I come up to this gas pump, and the dude that's, supposed to be pumping gas is taking the gas pump apart like literally cracks the pump oh like has the pump pulled out of the machine and cracks it open as i pull up and i'm like oh fuck and uh and he says yeah this is this is gonna be a while and i'm like well how long he's like i don't know maybe tomorrow i'm like fuck is there any you know what else you got he's like yeah we'll just keep going up the road maybe 20 20 30 more minutes you'll get to lumbamba and they'll have gas. And I go down the road and start climbing. Uh, not quite any cliffs, but still, the road is still this fucking black top with white lines on either side. And it's crazy because you can see the lines just zigzagging. Like, I don't even know how they laid black top like that because I've laid black top before. And you lay the machines we had, you laid an eight-foot section, I think it was, eight or ten foot. So you did... 8 foot or 16 foot or whatever it was. Like, there was no, I don't know. It was impressive because it actually got really smooth and, and very well, like, uh, it didn't have potholes and shit randomly. It was, like, it was pretty nice. Now, the speed bumps down here, too, they have them everywhere. They, they even have, sometimes there's a sign for the speed bump before you get to the speed bump. And they're not as a, they're not as gnarly as like the Mexico speed bumps where you really want to slow down. Like they're, they're like those big wide ones that are like three, four foot wide, and you can fucking hit them pretty good. But then every once in a while, there's one that's not that way. Okay, <laughs> there's one that the people that live right there built on their own for you to slow the fuck down, or your shit's gonna get broken, and then they can fix it right there probably. But uh, you know, so that guy's the gas pump doesn't work. And he says, go on up to Liambamba. Liambamba. So I did. And I get to Liambamba, and it was the craziest little town. It was like, uh, it reminded me of a couple of the mountain towns I went through in Colombia, like 
super, super old buildings and roads, narrow streets. Everything was real well maintained and kept and painted. And, you know, for the most part, everything I'd seen so far in Peru was fucking trash everywhere. Like disgusting amounts of trash. This little town, Liambamba, was fucking beautiful. And I had just kind of gotten into it, and I like, I stopped and talked to a taxi driver. I'm like, hey, where do I get some gas? And he started telling me, and then he saw the look on my face, and he was like, I'll just take you there, you know, whatever he said. He was just got in his car, and he took me up the road, and he takes me, like, through the town center, and I'm like, dude, this place is fucking beautiful. Like, you know, and it's getting, it's, I think it's like two or three, and I'm pretty sure the next stretch of road is like, the stretch, you know, like on the map, it's a bunch of fucking zigzags, right? From there down to Karja, Marka, or Selendin. And uh, Selendin's where I, like, found a place where there was, like, you know, quite a bit of motels I could get. And the stretch to Selendin from Liambamba, you know, it wasn't that far. So I'm like, man, do I stop here and charge up all my batteries and make sure everything's good to go? Or do I... You know, fucking I got five or six hours of sunlight left. Or, you know, I probably got four, maybe five. You know, it was close. Anyways, I fill up with gas. He, or he takes me to this place right outside of town, and it's like this, this cinder block building with like 15 uh, 55-gallon drums. <clears throat> and... uh this old man and old lady are filling up liter jugs and selling gas by the liter. And they got a fucking uh, funnel, and you just pour your shit in there. It was like t- 24 soles a gallon, which 3.9 soles equals a dollar. So you can do the rest of the math on your own there. And I fill up, or I thought I filled up, and then I, I rode back into that town, went to the square, sat down. Ate some uh, lunch, lomo saltado, which is like pretty much what I've been eating. Like it's crazy how the food in Peru, like it doesn't matter where you go, they fucking all serve the same shit. I don't. It seems like everything I order doesn't matter what it's called, it ends up coming out with like a bed of some kind of beans, vegetables and meat on top of that, and then a thing of rice. Every fucking time. And then sometimes you get a soup. I got a soup the other day that had, like, some hearts and gizzards in it. Uh, and it's all been really good. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I've been really hungry. I, I, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not bad by any means. I guess they just overcook their meat, too. Like, when I order beef and it's fucking just just cooked like damn near to beef jerky fuck but the vegetables have been good the sauce that it's in i mean it's it's good food it's just i mean now i'm only a couple days in it seems like every meal they don't do like breakfast either i haven't seen like huevos uh one thing the border guard did that i was you know breaking into he told me to try their ceviche brian helm told me that peru's got great ceviche uh, and we'll get there. We don't you worry. We'll get there. Uh, so, anyways, I'm in Liambamba, this beautiful fucking old town, and on this mountain, and uh, I fill up with gas. I go back and have 
uh, I guess a late lunch, and I take off from there at like 3.30, and I stop by and get one more liter just to just because I thought it could fit, and it did. I got So I ended up buying like five liters of gas. Five, yeah, I think five or six. Anyways, got the gas, and I'm now I'm just sitting there, like I'm looking at my map, like it says it's four hours to Selendin, Selend, Selendin, and there's no hotels in between here and there, and it's three thirty, three forty-five, and I don't know why I was so opposed to just stopping there, but I was like, you know what? I just want to keep fucking going, you know, like I really do. This road is, I mean, I was just having such a good time riding this fucking crazy road. And it was fixing to get good. So, I fucking take off. And the first, like, five miles, the whole time I'm like, I should turn, I should should probably turn around. Because it's like, you can see the fucking storms building up. I'd been, that's another thing, this whole day. I'd been, like, just staying out in front of the rain. Like, <clears throat> if I stopped anywhere too long, I'd end up getting rained or sprinkled on. And then I'd keep going and get out in front of it. And so there was, like, it was hard to even tell which way the road was going because there's so many switchbacks as it climbs this mountain out of town. And uh, and once again, this road is, like, it's a blacktop, but it's not consistently the same width ever at all. I mean, it's just not. Sometimes it would be consistently one car lane wide. Uh, but I start climbing and climbing, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to end up getting wet. But, man, this road is fucking sick. And I'm like, it's hard to believe that there is fucking traffic going both ways on this. You know, like, and it just keeps climbing and climbing. And I'm like, I should probably go down. I should probably go down. And then you can start seeing the road off in the distance. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is fucking sick. Like, oh, and it starts, like, being a cliff on one side. And, you know, there's no fucking guardrail. Like, no guardrail. Uh, it's crazy. I think. The guardrail company, because there was guardrails. <clears throat> and I was thinking about this. I think the company that got the guardrail contract was like, all right, you want us to build so many meters of guardrail on this stretch of 8B? And they're like, yeah. But they didn't specify where. So all the guardrails are built in places that don't need guardrails that fucking bad. And they were like, well, you know, you didn't say that they had to be at the most dangerous. Like, you know, we ran out of the budget before we got to the fucking high mountain shit when, you know, I, it was just fucking nuts. There was no guardrails. I mean, it's like a golf cart path on the side of a fucking mountain. And uh, most of the traffic I had encountered was going the same way as me. Actually, all the traffic I encountered that day. And one truck a big dump truck type rig I was trying to pass on the left. And as soon as I got in there, like, he fucking, I don't think he, like, tried to swerve me off the cliff. I think he was just avoiding some obstacle, probably didn't see or hear me. And I fucking came to a sliding stop right there, fucking cliff to my left, like, puckered up, puckered up. Like, all right, Dan, you know. 
But I was in, I was like, fuck, I got to, I can't be fucking around. I was going way too fast the whole fucking time. Like, I was going way too fast for this. Like, it was just, it was not right. But I'm, you know, I'm fucking fighting the, the rain behind me and the light. So, you know. Anyways, I keep going. Fuck, climb up into the clouds. Fucking, it was, oh, it was so fucking gorgeous. So, I get to the peak, the peak, right? I'm going to tell you what it was. What is that? Oh, man, I'm scrolling back through. It's crazy how much I've done since then. Oh, my fucking word. Yeah, so I get to the peak, and it's called Kala Kala, C-A-L-L-A-C-A-L-L-A. And that's 3,600 meters. And the sign had all sorts of motorcycle club stickers all over it because this is a fucking road that you go ride your motorcycle on. Now, most of these clubs were from South America, a lot from Peru and Brazil and Argentina. And, uh, dude, I'm, like, above the fucking clouds. So I'm thinking, man, I just made it to the peak with the sign. Like, yes, it's all downhill from here. No fucking way. It's not. No. That's just the altitude you get to. And now you, like, climb. You're, like, you're not even climbing anymore. You're just, like, on the tops of these fucking mountains, just winding around, like, just. They're not even switchbacks, really, because you, I mean, you, there are switchbacks in there, but just like, just winding around the tops of these mountains, and it was fucking gorgeous, but the fucking weather was getting thick. It was starting to rain. I put on all my fucking rain gear, and uh, the sun is gone. Not that it's down, it's just gone. The visibility is getting low, and I came around the turn, and it was like, a fucking patch of the road where it was two lanes wide and there's a car coming the other direction and we had plenty of room and we still almost hit each other. And I was on the outs, I was on the fucking cliff side. So I'm sure it was my fault we almost hit each other. But I'm like, damn, you know, like, I don't know that I can, like, if it gets as foggy as what me and Brian experienced the other day or hell, what I experienced the day before, uh, you know, this three, this four-hour ride is going to be eight, you know? So I get to this, like, this restaurant. And I started thinking, like, fuck it. You know what? I have everything I need to camp. I got some beef jerky. I have a bag of nuts. I've got coffee and a coffee maker. Uh, all I need is some more water because I got a little bit, but I could use some more. And so I stop at this little restaurant, like a fucking... You know, every house has, like, a little tienda or bodega. But this was actually a restaurant, like a fucking, you know, a menu out front and everything. I stop in there, and uh, this this dude comes up, super friendly guy, super friendly guy. I'm like, hey, I just need two bottles of water. And uh, he's like, man, this is a great motorcycle. You know, starts talking me up. And I'm like, you know, hey, this I love to be fucking friendly and shit, but, you know. I got to roll, dude. <laughs> I got weather. And it's like the, cl- the clouds are literally, you can see them fucking just moving into us because we're at the level. Like you don't, they're not coming up above of us. Like they're like, they're 
we are becoming one with the clouds as he's talking. And he wants a photo. He wants to show me his restaurant on fucking Facebook. And I'm like, oh, my God. The name of his restaurant was Cala Cala. You know that sign I passed a minute ago? And uh, so finally I get a couple bottles of water. And he's like, oh, you're muy frio. And I'm like, no, nah, I mean, I'm not, not that cold. I'm just like fucking wet and. I can tell the visibility's disappearing, and, you know, I got to go, bud. I got to go. So I take off, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm just I'm going to start looking for a place to pitch my tent because I got what I need, and, you know, I, I, I leaving him in a rush, I'm like, I don't want to experience this road where I'm, like, not stopping and enjoying and talking and communicating with people, especially the people that want to communicate because not everybody cares to – you know, enjoy the moment with me because I'm fucking by myself from Texas and they they got other shit going on. And I'm probably ugly. They just don't, you know, you know, whatever it is. But this dude was stoked. Anyways, I'm like, all right, I'm going to find a place to camp. So I'm like looking at the side of the road and I'm like, there's a couple of potential places. They weren't quite wide enough and they had rocks, but like they're right on the edge of the fucking cliff next to the road. But I realized that like, this road is built the way it is, whether it's one lane, half a lane, two lanes, like, because it, they used up all the available space. So there was no, like, I mean, there was a couple of small pull-offs, but nothing where you could park a bike, set up a tent, and be off the road. And it's going to be wet. I can't just <clears throat> park my bike and lay next to it. I mean, I guess I could have with a tarp. I had a tarp, but. Anyways, I'm like, fuck it. Maybe there was a spot, like, uh, uh, that hotel was nestled in, like, you know, a section where there was ground where they could build houses and shit and the restaurant. But so I go back to it, and sure enough, there's, like, this little flat area, some real estate, some flat ground. I'm like, hey, bud, can I set my tent up right here? And he was like, huh? And I'm like, try to explain tent to him, you know. Once again, there's a language barrier. And uh, he goes, oh, un momento, un momento. And he runs inside the restaurant and comes back out with some keys. And next to that fucking spot, I had pointed out, there's like this mud brick old fucking shed. And it's got a lock and a door. He unlocks it, swings the door open, and it's just a fucking dirt floor shed with this, where he keeps his firewood. But there was there was enough room in there for me to lay down and and I was like, man, I, you know, thank you, but I just, I'll set my tent up outside. And he was like, nah, it's going to be muy frío. And he was right, dude. There's fucking walls, you know. We're at 3,000 meters, whatever the fuck that is. Like, I think we're at 10,000 foot. And uh, so I'm like, cool, you know, you got a fucking restaurant and drinks and, you know. This, I was just like, yes, this is exactly what we're doing. I'm fucking setting up shop. So I move my bike right there. I pull out a tarp, my bedroll, set it up, kind of get my shit situated. It starts raining pretty good. And the fucking roof's a tin roof, and it's got a bunch of holes in it everywhere. So I maneuver my shit so that the water's not leaking directly on any of my stuff. And uh, I'm set up. You know, oh, and... Before I left, I asked him the first time. I'm like, hey, where's the, where's the closest hotel? There's a hotel that way, right? And he's like, yeah, 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 three hours that way. And he just points off into the clouds like 
Yeah, no, yeah, it's just three hours that way. So, you know, it was awesome. It was so awesome. I came back, and he was fucking stoked. Uh, took some more pictures for his Facebook, man, and did any, uh, once I got all my shit set up, I, I, I just sat in there while it was raining. And, you know, he's in a fucking spot where when people travel through there, they stop, you know. They stop and get supplies from them, whether it's drinks or food or use the bathroom. And uh, there was traffic fucking coming through. And I was, like, just so stoked that I was not out on the road encountering them in the fucking clouds. Dude, big trucks, man. But it's raining. I'm sitting in there, and it's still early. It's like 5.30 or something. And uh, I started listening to Cormac McCarthy, The Blood Meridian, which is a book I'm trying to get through. It's, it gets, it's, it's starting to get really fucking good, too. Uh, and, uh, and then I go out, and I talk to him once the traffic clears for a minute, and he shows me all this moonshine he's got, like stuff that he's made there, some other stuff that other people made. He gave me some mango stuff, some clear stuff. And then he had this... Uh, this bottle of liquor made from coca leaves. So you better fucking believe that was the one I purchased from him. And uh, I still have it. I've only taken like two or three sips out of it. And I just thought it was, what a rad fucking thing to find, you know. And I just fucking, you know, it stopped raining. The clouds were still out. It was still foggy, but just like was just looking at all the different vantage points he had from around his restaurant. And it was just fucking gorgeous. It was you know, it was way better than that hotel I booked in Selenden that I didn't even get to stay in. I, uh, you know, and he was super nice. His wife was super nice. Uh, it was fucking, it was a great experience. Sleeping in that fucking adobe brick hut on the side of Kala Kala. Oh, man, it was great. It was great. So the next morning I wake up. Ready to go, man. Ready to go. I made I made myself some coffee and I made them some coffee. They don't have the same appreciation for coffee over here. They don't. In Colombia, they do. Peru, no. I mean, we've been like even in Ecuador. Me and Brian got a bunch of mix-up coffee. I don't know what kind of coffee these people had. They just gave it to me in a cup, ready to go uh, later on that morning, but. You know, I th- I brought down some fucking coffee and made it, and that you know, they were super grateful. But I don't even think they fucking drank it. You know. Anyways, I gather up all my shit. I get my fucking drone ready because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fly it. The fucking clouds are just like they're in the sky, but they're not like rain clouds. The sun's coming up. You can just like see the mountain shadows moving as the sun climbs up to like shine over these peaks that we're fucking staying in it was it was so fucking sweet and uh you know i say my goodbyes and i take off and uh i am so fucking glad that i stayed the night there because that road it was the it by far is the fucking gnarliest road i have ever fucking ridden and one aspect of that is because it's paved now there's it's not like it's the best pavement job. There's some fucking holes. There's some missing section. But a lot of it is paved, which gets everybody in their vehicle to drive like it's paved. Like they're, they're driving like there's not going to be any traffic coming from the other direction. It's fucking insane to me. I mean, 
But I was doing the same thing. Like I was hugging, I was acting like the road was all mine the whole time. And it was fucking awesome. Like, fucking awesome. Now, the first close call, I was, uh, you know, I was fucking, I've been stopping and taking pictures of getting uh, GoPro footage and I didn't even want to stop to pull the drone out and uh, I come around this fucking one turn and there was like a jagged rock sticking up on the cliff side of the road and you go around this turn in between the rock and the mountain and bam, there's a fucking bus or not a bus, a uh, like a big, like a work truck, not like a half ton, it was like a three ton, big work truck, dump truck type truck taking up the whole road, and there's a guy out in front of the truck sweeping all the rocks that had fallen into that road that night out of the way. And I come around, bam, fucking hit the brakes. Didn't hit him. But I could barely, with his truck moving, I could barely get around him. Like I had to like come to a complete stop and tiptoe my bike around his fucking truck. And I'm just like, you know, good morning. Okay, good fucking morning. There are other fucking vehicles going the opposite direction as you on this fucking road right now. Oh, my God. But it was like you just on the same. There was one section where, like, there was looked like there was a storm off in the distance at the same fucking height as me. Oh, my gosh. Fucking crazy. And, you know, it got to a point where, you know, I came out of that river bottom, and then climbed up this mountain to Calacala, and it was like uh, far, more farmlands. And then some of the roads, oh, my God. So this is the fucking sick paved road up top. There would be these gravel roads you could see that go off this road down into the valley, just like these gnarly fucking switchbacks. And I, I you know, I want to go. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's hard. This is one of those roads where I am very lucky to have made it through, right? Like, I'm just lucky. Like, I mean, another close call I had. Let's see which one was next. What was next? A dump truck. Oh, the one fucking car I ran off into the ditch. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So this section of the road from Kalakala goes back down to the river bottom, and it goes into this old fucking town, like, Super old town. You know, everything's built out of mud bricks and shit. There's people everywhere, markets everywhere. No, no, I say markets like, you know, people got all their wares laid out right in front of their house where they live. And whether it's meat, beads, uh, fruits, vegetables, you can buy pineapples for a dollar. And uh, you cross the river and then you fucking climb back up. Now, once you cross that river and climb back up, it's the most desert place ever. I mean, it's just like, okay, not, yeah, well, not like desert sand, but like fucking rocks and cactus. I mean, it was more like being in the Big Bend area of Texas, in West Texas. Like, I just couldn't fucking believe I was in Peru. And I'm climbing up that road, and it's like, once again, I got the cliff on my right side, but there's water and running down the gutter, and my bike was getting hot, and I know I just needed to splash some dirt off the radiator. So I pull over, and I park it, you know, on the side, on the road, but, like, to the side, and the kickstand's got it leaning away from the road, so, like, into the ditch. Like, I had to 
straddle the ditch to like get off my bike and walk around it. Anyways, as I'm splashing water on the the bike, this car comes through. And I can just hear the dude fucking cussing at me in the driver's seat, you know? Like, he's just, like, not fucking happy about it. And I'm like, whoa, you know, he's going the opposite direction as me. And as soon as I splash my bike out with water, it fucking cools right off. And I keep climbing up this hill, and I come around a turn, and bam, there's a fucking car coming right at me. And it fucking goes off in that water ditch. I fucking, you know, pucker up, just like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, but that road, I was comp- I was telling somebody about it. I would compare it to, like, like DMT, you know? DMT is something that I really enjoyed smoking. It's, like, just the wildest fucking surreal experience ever. Uh, and you feel like you almost die. But it's not something I want to do again. I mean, I will do it again. Like, if one of my friends wants to do it, I'll, I'm not going to let him go down that road alone. Uh, but I'm still going to be, like, hesitant and uh, a little bit concerned and scared to do it. But that that's exactly how this road is. Like, I wouldn't, There's, you know, I'm not out to go ride it again tomorrow. I'm not deciding to, yeah, let's just do that one again because... It's not something that you could survive that many times. Not riding it the way that I ride. And I, you know, I don't know that I tried to go slow, but I'm like, I was aware that I probably should be going slower than what I was going. And just kept smiling and, you know, looking down. Like, And it was also one of those roads, like, you can't enjoy the views much. Like, there's... There's straightaways where you can see far enough ahead of you where, like, you know. It was cool. It's like when those valley or those ridges cut back into the mountain where you can see a bunch of the road in front of you, uh, you know, upcoming, and there's no traffic coming, so you can relax for a little bit and, like, look down at the road below that you just fucking came from or that you're going down towards. And it was fucking incredible. It, I mean, that's the gnarliest, most beautiful scenic road I've ever seen in my entire life. And I finally climb out of this valley and uh, I get to the top of this overlook of the town Selenden. Like fucking at least four hours later, not the three hours. Because I was, you know, stopping, you know, and looking at this shit. I did fly the drone at one point and I can't even get the drone up high enough to like give perspective on what that was like it the I was just like these fucking videos and pictures are terrible because they just don't do it justice by any means and I'm not a photographer so I don't know how to use it correctly but uh, I get to that overlook of the town and I park my bike and I'm just looking at it like just so relieved that I made it out of there you know not sure if there's more to come or not and this this couple comes up and uh, they've got, like, a guide, like a tour guide. And uh, he starts talking to them in English about the town. It's called, like, the Blue Sky City, and the church is painted blue, and the park's blue or whatever. And uh, and they ask me about the bike and what I've been doing. And, I'm, you know, 
I'm like, fuck, I, are you guys fixing to go down that road? And he was like, yeah, and this is an old dude, right? And I was like, oh, my God, good fucking luck. I'm glad you got, like, a local guide, you know, because I barely made it through there on my bike. So then the guide starts telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, this is the worst day to do it from that direction because it's Saturday or Sunday and everybody's going or leaving from the market or something. I'm just like, of course. Of course, that's when I go down that road that direction is the worst day of the fucking week to do it. And I get down to Selendon, and sure enough, there's like a giant fucking market. Like, it's the craziest, like, fair market thing I've ever seen. Like, this big dirt fucking, you know, like a big city block, all dirt. There's people just standing out there with their fucking cows and calves on ropes. I guess they're just like, just like they were having a, like, if you were to have a booth, you stand there with the stuff that you're selling. They're just standing there with one cow or one calf. Kids, old men, went like, fucking insane. You know, and, and most of the time, to traverse that road, like, for people, they do it in those tuk-tuks, right? And as I got to Liam Bomba, I forgot to mention, the tuk-tuks got nice. Like, you could tell that these dudes were, like, very prideful in their pr- presentation of their tuk-tuk. You know, because I imagine if people are going to pay somebody to take them, down this road, they want somebody who cares about everything, right? Like, you want the guy who's polishing his spokes. You want the guy whose zippers work. I mean, because they're full-on, like, leather-covered with, like, designs and logos. Some of them say Adidas or Nike. There was a lot of Batman ones. You know, it was it was cool. And then that town was just fucking filled with them as well. And uh, super rad machines. And they're just, like, dirt, you know. 125, 200cc dirt bikes with, you know, a seat for three people in the back. And then there were some of them, and they had a full-on, like, cargo dump trailer behind, you know, behind this dirt bike. Oh, my gosh. It's just so fucking wild. But that market, you know. Anyways, that the, the guide uh, who was taking that family over there, you know, that wife and husband, God bless them. I hope they made it. Uh, yeah, he said this was the worst day to do it. He said, but the road, you know, once I got down to Selendin, it was fucking easy, easy breezy. And uh, he was right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I fucking made it down 8B. Uh, you know, after riding the Devil's Trampoline, I didn't really, I don't know. I it just didn't couldn't imagine that it could get any gnarlier. You know, they were fucking dragging people, dead people out of the bottom of that valley. But uh there was a couple times where they almost had to drag me out of this one. They probably wouldn't have though. Like there wouldn't have been it was so much further and it wasn't like the devil's trampoline was there was trees everywhere, big trees. This was like just rocks. And fucking, like, you could see down all the way, and it was way down there. It was like mountains next to each other where they went from, the like, you know, 10,000 foot down to, like, 3,000 foot. And then another fucking 12,000 foot mountain was right next to it. And you could just, I mean, it was just fucking breathtaking because uh, the visibility was so much better. And, uh, 
you know, you could, if, oh my gosh. 8B. I can't believe it doesn't have another name. I wonder if it does, and I'm just not aware of it. It's fucking insane. So, got down to Selendin. And uh, let's see, let me pull my map up again. And from Selendin, I was, I, I wrote to uh, Kajamarka. Okay? Kajamarka. Now, the next thing I wanted to do was the Canon del Pato. Canon del Pato. Now, this wasn't necessarily a dangerous road, but a very scenic road. Not that long. I don't even know if it was like from point A to point B. I think it's more like a park you go in and then you'd come back out of. And, you know, at this point in Cajamarca, I'm like, I'm inland, you know, Peru's fucking huge. I'm like halfway inland on the road section, you know before you get into the just jungles where there are no roads. But I could either stay inland and go down to Caraz, which is right there by Canyon del Pato, and it would take, like, fucking 26 hours. Or I could take the road from Cajamarca straight to the ocean and then ride down the coast and then cut back in, and it would be 19 hours. And after the road I was just on and all the fucking turns and cliffs, I'm like, I don't need to do any windy roads. You know, like, that's it. I'll just, I'm just going to jam to the coast and stay the night at the coast and, 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 and go south. All right, so I don't know if you remember <clears throat> my friend Rob Swan I had on the podcast a few years ago. And he used to guide tours in South America and Mexico. And I asked him once, you know, what roads in Peru I should ride while I'm here, in South America, or I don't remember what it was, but <clears throat> he said pretty much any road that goes from the mountains down to the ocean in Peru is fucking epic. So that's what, <clears throat> that's what I was going to do is ride from Cajamarca to the ocean. Now, Cajamarca to the ocean was going to put me in a place called Pacas Mayo. And, uh, dude, that motherfucker was right. <clears throat> that's, I think that's, what is it? I was on 8B, and now I'm just on 8, a main highway straight down to the water. And it was fucking sick. I mean, it was so sick. Uh, but this is like, my bike wasn't running top notch. Like, and it hasn't been running top notch, but I've just been kind of getting through because, most of the roads I'm on, I'm not hauling ass. Well, this road, you could have fucking hauled ass. And it was just downhill for miles and miles and miles next to this giant fucking river. And, uh, you know, just going, going through all these little villages with, you know, stuff for sale everywhere. The fucking fruits and vegetables and meat hanging and, like, trash everywhere. I mean, trash everywhere and... I finally get down to the to the ocean. The first the where eight ends is at Cuidad de Dios, which is Highway One N, the Pan American North, Pan Americana Norte. Now I'm guessing that it's just one in when it's north of Lima, or is it one in the whole time? Yeah, one, once you're south of Lima, it turns into one S. <coughs> so. 
I get down to Cuidad de Dios. Apparently, they had had a big festival market, too. And this fucking place was to... It was just fucking littered with shit. I mean, I, it was... I if I just felt bad for the planet knowing that it's 2022 and these conditions exist. I mean, it was fucking just shit everywhere. I and I didn't even film it because I felt so fucking bad. And I and, and I was just like I mean, it was fucking it was ridiculous. So anyways, <clears throat> Pagas Mile was a little bit further down from that by the coast. And I was just like, God, I hope it fucking gets better. And it did a, a little bit, a little bit. But I found on Booking.com, there was a couple places called like Surf Hotel, Surf Hospidea, Wind and Surf. Anyways, I picked one. I picked the one that had parking, which was like Village Surf. And uh, I pull into this fucking town and... It was like a fucking bomb went off there. Buildings just, not, I mean, just like that first town. It was just insane. But I get to this hotel. They got fucking parking. And the rooms are nice. And it's got a fucking kitchen and a balcony and, you know, a shared space. And the family's super nice. And you open up, the, you look out the window to the ocean. And there's like just ratted, tatted fucking structures that were just Barely fucking making it, but people were still occupying them. And I didn't even go down to the water because I was afraid to just see all the fucking trash that was probably there. God, it was brutal. But uh, there was two guys from Israel. You know, and these places, even a bunch of surf places, like I wasn't convinced that there was a break. I thought it also might just be a sales gimmick. You're by the ocean, call your place, surf this. But... <coughs> You know, I'm looking at the water that evening, and I can, you know, I can't really tell if there's a good wave, but it there's definitely waves. And uh, anyways, these guys come in later that night, two guys from Israel who were there for, one of them was there for four weeks, the other one was going to be there for three, and they were kite surfers. And this fucking place was windy, and I was riding into a headwind. I think that was one reason my bike was like, it just didn't have much power under a load, you know? Like, I thought it was like a a throttle sensor thing, but I think it's like under load, maybe the valve timing's not working. I don't fucking know, but <clears throat> these guys from Israel were telling me that this wave is like, it's a world-renowned wave because in a couple weeks, it's going to break so much so that the wave is going to break for three kilometers. You can ride the wave for three fucking kilometers in Pacas Mayo. And the next morning I saw it, <clears throat> the, the sets were pretty far apart, but there would be, like, one wave during each set that was, like, really fucking killer. And, like, just the perfect break. Oh, it was, they were, they were going to have a killer time. <clears throat> I went down uh, town that night and fucking got a ride out of one of those, uh, those tuk-tuks. Uh, when I wanted to have, so I wanted to have ceviche, right? <clears throat> Brian told me to. The guy at the border told me to. I'd heard you know, that there's good ceviche at any ocean, right? Uh, I, You know, apparently it was Sunday and they had a festival. So not all the restaurants were open. I ended up finding this place called Mama Mia's. 
an Italian restaurant. I'm like, are you really fixing to have Italian food on the coast of Peru? You're goddamn right I am, dude. I went in there and had a fucking meat lover's pizza, and it was so fucking good. So much better than the weird fucking rice plates and rice and meat and vegetables I haven't eaten. And uh, it was great. Had a cup of wine, talked to my wife, you know, kind of walked around the city. And, you know, there was places that were, uh, you know, the, the roads are way better than all the other aesthetics of this country. And no offense, I mean... They don't know any better, I'm sure. Uh, but one thing that gets me is just fucking trash blowing around everywhere. Like, I just fucking, you know. Uh, so anyways, I uh, stayed the night, got all my batteries charged up, and uh, was going to take off down the coast. You know, I had about, I was going to try and make it to this uh, city called Caraz because my friend James Prusco, who you may remember uh, me talking about, we met James at the bottom of the Baja, California, on the Desperado run. He was on a KTM. He wanted to trade me bikes. Anyways, he's down here on his KTM, and uh, he told me that Caraz was a... He said that whole area was another shithole, but there's some places to stay that are nice and a couple places to eat, and I could go to the Canon del Pato. So <clears throat> I take off there that morning, head south, into a fucking headwind, and my bike is just like... Dude, it's like... Aggravate. I could barely get it to 55 miles an hour. I'm just like, oh, my God. I, like, stop. I call some people, you know, try and figure some things out. What should I do? What can I do? What are the possibilities? You know, I've got this throttle sensor being sent to Lima. Uh, but we're not even sure if it's going to make it there. I mean, there's just a lot of things. that We haven't been able to get in touch with the dealership. Um. You know, and I'm just riding through fucking trash and sand, like trash and sand and trash and sand. I'm just, it was not a great morning. <clears throat> and then, uh, so the the toll roads down here, uh, that's the parking garage opening up. Somebody's bringing in a keg or something, bottle of gas. And uh, anyways, the toll roads are free for bikes. And I come to a toll booth. I go around it, <coughs> and I, uh, yeah, I just go around it, and I come out of it. Oh, it was when I stopped at the gas station. Stopped at the gas station. I go to leave the gas station, and bam. Is that a fucking Harley? Yeah. Yeah, I saw a fucking Harley Davidson. <coughs> so I chased this motherfucker, and I was, I was like, I was going to be so fucking pissed if my bike couldn't catch up with them. Like, I was just going to fucking lose my shit, dude. I'm on this fucking badass Harley-Davidson Pan America 1250. And, you know, I don't know if I'm handicapped because I hit the truck or if this is something totally different. Unfortunately, I'm too far away to, like, get any good diagnostics. And uh, anyways, I catch him. No problem, dude. The fucker's got, like, knee pads and shin guards on fucking Peruvian on, oh, I don't know what year it was, but it was a it was like one of those <clears throat> Milwaukee 8s, soft tail standards with the fairing that doesn't have anything in it, and uh, he fucking immediately <clears throat> just pulls over, just fucking pulls over on the side of the road, and we start talking, you know, the best we could, and uh, he goes on to tell me that there's like this big group meetup in Lima, 
and uh, they're going to go from Lima to Cusco. It's like 100 Harleys all riding together. And I'm like, no fucking way. Well, you know, I'm going to Lima in a couple of days. <clears throat> I'm going to cut off and go to Canon Del Pato. And I was like, but we can ride down here to this town, and then, you know, I'll go my way. So we take off. And uh, riding into riding to this riding south, and there's fucking sand everywhere. I mean, fucking sand dunes like I've never seen before, like fucking like sand mountains and shit, <clears throat> and like desert wastelands, like buildings. Some of them that maybe are used and aren't. I don't know. They're fucking just pieces of trash installations that people live in or lived in, and. It was fucking wild, but my bike was fucking having trouble. There'd be, like, fucking hills, and I could, like, you know, I'm shifting down into fucking second gear on a goddamn fucking highway, and I am, like, not fucking happy. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just need to go to Lima. Like, this this situation's obviously getting worse with my bike, and I'd hate to, like, you know, <clears throat> I have this guy here who speaks the language, is a local, is willing to help, and willing to roll with me to Lima, even though it's like nine hours from where we're at. Uh, maybe it was nine hours from where I left that morning. And uh, he left from a little bit further north than that. <coughs> so in between meeting him and splitting off from him, I decide, fuck it, you know, I'd love to go see Cannon Del Pato and do these other roads that fucking James told me about, but <clears throat> I got to go. I got to go. I got to go south. So I did. And I rolled with him, and I told him I was going. He was fucking stoked. He was fucking stoked. But, dude, the bike just kept getting fucking worse and worse and worse, and I was, like, getting upset and fucking frustrated, you know? Like, oh, my gosh, like... I don't know. I fucking don't know. And at one point, I like the. I literally almost shifted it into first gear, and I was fucking pissed. So I just pulled over, and it was like this fucking beautiful cliff, overlook of the ocean, sand, sa like one of the places where there was the least amount of trash because we were so far from anything. And you know, his spirits were still high. Like he wasn't, even though we were having to go slow. Uh, he was stoked to just be riding with somebody. So I was just trying to, like, sponge off his good energy and, like, <clears throat> you know, run with it. Uh, but this nine-hour trip is going to, you know, we're not going to get there until fucking tomorrow at this rate, you know. And uh, But we keep plugging on and plugging away and plugging away. And in one of these hills, I, like, I'm, like, wave, like, making the motion like I'm trying to whip my bike up the hill. And I guess he takes it as a... Yeah, go ahead, dude. Just don't wait on me anymore. And he just fucking goes around me and takes off. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I just, my bike's fixing to die, and I just lost my fucking Peru connection. Like, it's the guy, the reason I decided to do this fucking, this leg of the trip just fucking left me. And uh, so now I'm like, now I'm fucking up. Now I'm just like, <clears throat> All the highs of the past two days have just come crashing down. My bike fucking barely works, dude. Now, this is a different type of riding than I've done since, I don't know, I did some of it in Ecuador. Like, 
it isn't that different than what I've done in a couple of places. But most of the time, you know, it's just a lot of turns and fucking dirt and potholes. And uh, I'm keeping the bike in low gears. And I just never experienced it working this shitty. And anyways, I stopped at that cliff overlook at that one point, turned it back on, and it fucking ran better. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I, I, after all this, I don't think it has anything to do with that sense, the throttle sensor. I mean, maybe it does. Fuck, I don't know. Anyways, I get down the road. The guy's just pissing on the side of the road. So we're fucking still together. We're doing this. We pull over, and I'm like, hey, dude. Uh, he asked me. He was like, hey, do you want to stay at the hotel I'm staying at tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, fuck yeah. That's what I plan on doing. He's like, and you're going to go to the dealership in the morning and fix your bike, right? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. He's like, all right. So now the sun's going down. We're still like fucking three, four hours out. <clears throat> and this dude just keeps going slower and slower. And now we're getting into like the winds died down so I can actually like keep some speed. But this dude, he, he ain't having it, man. He is not fucking having it. He is like, he's not even set on one fucking speed. He like goes fast and then goes slower and goes fast and goes slower and I'm like, oh, my God, dude. So finally I fucking pull him over after an hour of this. I'm like, all right, dude, <clears throat> these giant trucks are just blowing by us. All I'm doing is looking in my rearview mirror at what's coming up behind me. I'm just barely – I almost ran into him a couple times because all I can think about is what is coming up behind me at full fucking speed. Uh, but, you know, this guy, he fucking waited on my bike to make it up those fucking hills and in that headwind. So I'm like, I don't want to just leave him and – uh but at this rate, I'm not going to go on the ride with the guys tomorrow. Like, you know, I, I something's obviously got to be done or, you know, I don't know. And uh, so anyways, I pull them over. I'm like, hey, dude, I pull out the translation app. I'm like, hey, you're going to get us both fucking killed riding this slow. Like, you're going to get us fucking killed. And he's like, hey, man, I apologize. I can't see that well at night. If you need to leave, you can go ahead and leave. And I'm like, hey, dude. I don't want to leave you, but maybe we get a hotel. I'll fucking get, I'll buy us a hotel right now so we do not have to ride into Lima, Peru, the fucking capital, at night going fucking 35 miles an hour. He's like, no, I got to leave Lima at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Are you going with me or not? And I'm like, all right, if I lead, like give me the address, I'll lead us, and I'll lead us a little faster, and you just follow me. He's like, no, man, this is the pace I go. And I'm just like, you know, I wanted so badly to just say, well, fucking go, dude. I'm fucking staying right here tonight. But, you know, like I say, that guy is rolling into town late because he made sure that my bike made it through. So I'm like, fuck it. You know, I put on another fucking layer, put a new cardo on my helmet and just blasted the tunes and fucking rode that bitch in with him. And it was <clears throat> okay. I thought I had ridden the most dangerous road, and I probably have. But the most dangerous way to ride into fucking Lima, Peru, is going 35 miles an hour down the fucking interstate with a guy who goes from 30 to 40 to 45 to 30 to 40 to 50. No, he didn't even go. Well, maybe he did 50 a couple times, and then he'll just go back down to 30 miles an hour. And there's fucking giant trucks and vans and fucking everything is passing us going 100 goddamn miles an hour. And then... Right before you come down into Lima, you go up over this fucking mountain. We're back in the fucking 
clouds again. The fucking road is so gnarly that there are lights going down the fucking strip. Like the the stripes on the side of the road have blinking red lights. So up in the distance, you can't tell if it's a fucking car through the clouds or the fucking road blinking. And this dude's going 30 fucking miles an hour. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was just like, you know, this is what happens when you have two really good days. This is what happens. You're fucking <clears throat> going down a fucking third world country interstate into their capital fucking city at night, 25 miles an hour, with a dude who can't even ride in a fucking stay in a straight line, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's like the hog president of Chiclo, Peru. I'm not talking shit about you, dude. I'm really not. It was just a lot for me. I feel like, you know, it was, I'm, it's an experience. I'm glad I have now. I'm glad that it's, I've had it. I don't have to have it again next time. I'm, I'm just doing my own thing. But uh, holy shit. We finally get down into the city and... Uh, is the wildest fucking traffic I've ever seen. I mean, it was fucking, that city was on fire. There was, I mean, street bend, everything was happening. It's like fucking, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, 11, I don't know. I, I saw fucking minivans split lanes like a motorcycle. I'm not even shitting you. They don't really have lanes down here. It's kind of just like everything goes. There's, there's a lot of motorcycles, but there's more fucking cars. And there's more just shitty cars, like stuff that they've just kept fucking working. You know, I don't have any clue how. Uh, I, it, it was fucking, I was so glad to make it to the hotel he fucking took me to. <laughs> you could rent rooms for fucking 12 hours at a time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, dude. So the next morning, <clears throat> he, he's gone before I even wake up. I woke up at 6. 30 or something. He was gone at 5. At least that's what he said he was going to leave. And uh, so when I got to Costa Rica and I had the problems with the bike to begin with, it, which ended up being a fucking battery, right? The battery got the bike running again, but I never got out. I got out of the limp mode, too, by changing the wheels. Like, just really, I changed tires and spun the front wheel around. I think I had it on backwards. But it's still been, like, running bad, and, but during that time, there was a code for a, a VVT solenoid, a valve, variable valve timing solenoid. And Harley sent me one of those. Uh, fuck, I can't even think of her name. This contact I have over there with their social media. I reached out. I was like, hey, can you get me this part? She fucking got it for me. Well, I never put it in. So today, <clears throat> I'm like, you know, <clears throat> I go to the dealership. They can't plug the bike in. I can look at the diagnostics. The diagnostics are saying an O2 sensor. They don't have O2 sensors. Now, I could, like, swap. I could do a test to see if one's good or one's bad, uh, which I'm probably going to do before too long, but I can't get one really right now anyhow, unless I just hang out in fucking Lima. The part for the throttle sensor isn't going to be here for eight fucking days. But anyways, I got that solenoid I never used, so... Today at the dealership, I started taking apart the fucking motor of my Pan America. I'm just like, and I started doing it out front in the street because, you know, communication. I seemed like they didn't want to help me unless I was paying them to do work. 
And uh, I was just like, you know, I don't, I was like, have you guys ever worked on one of these bikes before? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, I can work on it. Like, I don't, I'm not asking you guys to work on my bike. I just want to know what the custom situation is. Like, if the part says it's going to be here on the 28th, will it be here on the 28th? Or is it going to get stuck in your customs for so long? Like, I, you know, um. Uh, and then can you plug it? Oh, you can't plug it in. Okay, well, all right, I'm just going to go out in the front street. So anyways, they saw me working out front. They're like, no, no, bring it in the back. So we brought it in the back. They gave me a, they tried to let me use a lift. I'm like, no. And anyways, I pull off the fucking, the fucking, like, valve cover thing. I don't even fucking know, dude, but the solenoids are behind it. And there's two solenoids per each cylinder. And the solenoid I have apparently works for all those positions, so... I pull off the front one because it was thrown. One of the codes it had was an exhaust O2 sensor code. So I did the front exhaust uh, solenoid, took it for a spin, same problem. Did the rear one or the intake, fucking same thing. And at this point, I started freaking out. I'm like, I pulled this cover off a couple times. I don't even know if the seal's working anymore. It's leaking fucking oil now. Uh, there's, I didn't clean my bike before I pulled this fucking thing off, so there's fucking dirt everywhere. I'm like... Sticking my bandana inside there every time I pull the fucking nuts off just to make sure nothing falls down in the motor. And I'm like, you know, how I've made it this far. And if I just stay on, like, the gnarly fucked up roads that I'm not going 60-plus miles an hour on, uh, this it's, it's still enjoyable. Like, when I, you know, it would be nice to have all the fucking power this bike has. And I hate it that it's probably something small and simple, like a sensor fucking something that's just not working correctly. But unfortunately, I'm just too far from the professionals that know about this shit to really get any good help. Uh, I just keep clearing the codes. I don't even want to fucking see the engine light on. Uh, maybe it's not the best way to do it, but it's the way I'm doing it. And... Uh, I put the bike back together, and I'm going to go. I'm going to fucking try and catch up with those dudes. I'm going to rise to Nazca tomorrow, and then from Nazca go up to Cusco. I want to meet up with James, hopefully meet up with all the dudes on Harleys. Apparently, there's a big Harley meetup this coming weekend, so it's not like, uh, you know, I'm too late. I can make it there. I can take my time and, you know, do it over the next three days if I wanted to. Uh, which I might do instead of going to NASCO. It's just like, depending on how the bike runs down to a certain point, I might cut into the mountains and just take my time getting over there. Uh, I don't know. It's so fucking aggravating when you twist the throttle and it doesn't fucking work, dude. Oh, my God. You talk about being tense from, like, riding through all those sand dunes and shit and not, like, you, it's like the throttle, it works to a certain point, and then it, like, I don't know, there's a spot where it doesn't work, right? Where then you lose power. Like it just, it's like not there. But that spot is different depending on if you're going uphill into the wind, downhill. Like it's sometimes it's further into the throttle. Sometimes it's less into the throttle. And just fuck my neck and shoulders were all tense. And then we ride into fucking Lima at 30 miles an hour. Oh, my God. Oh, my fucking word. But I made it, and I'm here. And I'm going to go, I don't know, go find some food before this guy comes over to do a podcast about stunt riding on panheads, dude. I'm pretty stoked to talk to him. So 
if you ever come to Peru, there's a road called 8B, and it is fucking gnarly. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Here soon, I will release the podcast I recorded after telling this story with Enrique, whose family grew up uh, riding stunts on motorcycles, which is a pretty fucking good one. And I'll probably do a podcast with one of the guys from this Harley Lima, you know, club. Anyways, yeah, I'll, I'll get another one and then I'll tell you about how the trip was coming down from Lima. Oh my gosh. Or even going into Lima. What a trip. That was a trip. But yeah, uh, getting out of Lima, it was, uh, gosh, fucking third world country shit. Anyhow, have a wonderful day, and I will see you in October. <laughs>